you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is no match for football, baby. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? What's happening? No Sessler again. Uh, he is in the desert, and I don't know what's going on. I actually didn't have a chance to talk to Mark right before he left and never asked any questions. And then he's texted me a couple times over the last day or so, and I've never followed up with him. Like, oh, what are you doing out there? All I know is that he's in the middle of the desert. He's in a hole in the desert. He's with his family. Can't be getting into too much trouble with a couple little boys around. This is what it sounds like in the desert right now. (laughs) Although I can kind of imagine the boys go to sleep and then Sessler just wandering in the desert, maybe making sounds like that wolf. Mm, Drinking some of Grandpa's cough medicine. (laughs) That as well. It's a safe bet. Uh, yeah. So uh, big. Uh, this is our big, big week nine preview show, uh, where we get into all the games on Sunday. We got a nice slate of games. A lot of, a lot of tough games to pick. I thought Wes, you didn't feel the same way, but I, I feel like we have a lot of evenly matched teams going against each other. But I guess that's the NFL in general. Uh, in most weeks, we're, in, we're about four hundred four and three teams right now. So I had special insight this week. No, for more. I just something from deep within. It was almost like a wellspring, like Sessler has on a normal yes. week. Yeah, right. I had that this week. This is well, you need the help. I was going to say you need. I think you're nine games behind me. Uh, I am the Matt Schaub of game pickers. <laughs> you need <laughs> a lot of pick sixes. Um, no, you need a big week. Uh, you could do the chip away route, but on some level, you need one of those weeks where well, you pick up three or four well, games. Well, I don't know. It's not going to – I'm starting to think next week we're going to stick a fork in some teams on the podcast. I might be sticking a fork in Wes and his picks. Mm. Greg kind of laughed at my plan, which revolves <laughs> around going undefeated this week, picking every <laughs> single game correctly and using that as a springboard into back that, into the race. That would make a statement. I like that. And, Greg, I am in first place, in case you didn't know. We'll I haven't see. brought it up. It's not easy playing from ahead. You know, I'm used to it. 
did it done it all last year a lot of this year we'll see how you do Greg was firing shots at me I don't, <laughs> Wes I think you were maybe uh, away from your desk at the time he was firing shots at me downstairs that I was like breaking down my hero pick oh I was much. there because I remember you were pretty much breaking your hero picks down into VORP <laughs> now that Dan's doing well he's really into it before and, he didn't care the last I, couple of years and I countered by calling uh, Greg a has-been yes <laughs> In the world of picks. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We all have fun together. I wish the two of you would quit bickering so much. Yeah. You would. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, that was the podcast listener that we lost. Yeah. Uh, who tweeted that. I'm anyway. Still in mourning for that listener. So we, <laughs> we're going to get to all the Sunday games. Before that, of course, we're going uh, to go and move ahead to the future and speak with the people uh, the B team, I believe, of Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling. I don't think you're the B team. I just want that to be uh, uh, put out there. Mark Sessler self-proclaimed any team he was on to be the A team. Uh, you guys are an A TD's team. TD is also so. part of the B team. It seems like a very unmarked <laughs> thing to do. That's what, that's why I like it so much. It's so out of character yeah. for Mark to just get up and just be so full of himself. But anyway, let's go to the B team to break down that great Thursday night matchup between the Panthers and the Saints. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Dan. And uh, I got some bad news for you. Your hero pick went up in flames. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints really took care of Carolina. 28-10 to 10, took control of the NFC South. Chris Wessling, your team, your Super Bowl. They're back. Prediction team, they're back. I'm no longer backing away from that Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> they have their next three games at home where they're riding an 11-game winning streak. There's no dominant NFC team, and they close out with one of the most welcoming schedules in December. They they have Falcons and Buccaneers to end the season. Well, yeah, Wes, I rarely see you get so overexcited. In the middle of this game, you're claiming, whoa, they, they might not lose a game the rest of the season. They could, they could win 10 straight to finish it out. I wasn't kidding either. Oh, come on. Why, why, do you... why can't they? they? They're almost unbeatable at home. Okay. And that's where their toughest competition and is. They only, the have three, they only have three road games the rest of the way. And they do look much more complete. And I think it starts on offense by controlling the ball with some long drives. They can do an 80-yard drive with Mark Ingram, your boy, My controlling boy. the clock. Back-to-back <laughs> <laughs> -back career highs and carries in a five-day span. 30 tonight playing through a right shoulder injury. Really looked good to close out the game, and you liked it that he didn't want to come out. He was fighting to stay in the game even after 30 carries. Yeah, it was cool. You know, they wanted to bring in Edwin Baker, the touchdown maker, and just to give Ingram a break, he, a lot of carries for five days. He really didn't look that great tonight after he had the shoulder injury. Was, wasn't as decisive, but he played through it, kind of did what the team needed to. So I think the difference is on offense, you got Ingram and Jimmy Graham. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Graham is back and healthy. That kind of coincided with a lot of their offensive problems. And, and even their problems on offense were probably overstated. They haven't gained less than 390 yards in a single game this season. They just kind of made big mistakes at key spots before. And I think Ingram has finally earned Sean Payton's trust. Hmm. He wasn't a guy. I mean, it was cool that he played through the shoulder injury tonight. But I don't think he's a guy that people around the league thought was very tough. But he's kind of proven that the last two weeks. Well, I think Drew Brees has played really sharp against Green Bay and Carolina. You'll look at the box score and you'll see that he took four sacks and had two turnovers. But the first turnover bounced off of Kenny Stills' chest in the red zone or else they'd have more points. 
And the fumble was kind of a fluke play where his own fullback ran into him. Breeze was very sharp again. I, I, I thought they had started to put it together in Detroit, played 55 really good minutes, and they did it again tonight. Really a complete game where the defense isn't doing quite as much, and that seems to be helping them some good play in the secondary by the Saints. Yeah, their defense is better when they're not on the field as much. And then you turn around and look at the other side. Can't, Cam isn't keeping up with Breeze's hot streak. In fact, he's doing the opposite. Cam, I mean, let's be honest. Cam's my guy, but he's been terrible for three weeks. Two of his worst three games of his career have been in the last three weeks. He was dreadful against Green Bay. A lot of that was on the defense. People blaming the offensive line for his performance tonight. A lot of those passes, he finishes 10 for 28. A lot of those misses had nothing to do with the protection. He didn't get much help, but he never gets much help. That's who the Panthers are. Cam has to carry them. He couldn't do it tonight. And I think over the last three years, when you see him go through stretches like this, it's usually because his footwork is off and he can't complete pass. Man, it's so streaky. He he fooled me. The first five weeks of the season, and I'm, I wasn't the only one that saw this, not like it was, I was magically seeing this. I thought it was the best five weeks of throwing the ball that he's ever had. He was so consistent, and really he hasn't thrown it well at all for three straight weeks. He was okay last week, I'd say, in the loss to Seattle. Not great, and he was just all over the place high tonight. Yeah, I think what we found out is we thought those first five weeks might have been sort of a sign of a new Cam, and it's not. He's still the same old streaky Cam who will look good for a month and then look bad for a month. And the difference now is instead of having one of the top – two defenses in the league like they did a year ago. I, I mean, they have a below-average defense. They're not even average. They're below-average. They somehow have a below-average defense with Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, but I guess that's not enough because I, I don't really know what this team does well on either Nothing. side of the ball. They're a pretty bad team. They don't uh, do anything well, and they have some serious holes like the offensive line, the wide receivers are inconsistent. And the defense doesn't do anything well. Right. Kelvin Benjamin was a great pick, but, you know, he'll have a drop or two. He's still a rookie. Ten targets tonight. Uh, dropped a touchdown for the second straight week. A lot of the passes to him uh, were off target. And a lot of them were well covered by uh, Keenan Lewis, who's having a Pro Bowl type of year for New Orleans. Shut he, down your boy Jordy Nelson last week. Yeah, he is. He he did really well in, in the red Ooh. zone where, where they know they're looking for I'm Benjamin. back in on the Saints now. Well, I don't know if I ever was in. Well, I picked them to win the division, but everyone did I'd that. I'd be shocked if they don't win the division now. The Panthers have won one of their last seven games. And the re- the other Gee, two teams wow. in the division stink. They've won one of their last seven, right, because they, they had the tie. So they're 1-5-1. One, 5-1. Five and one. Five and one. So they're 3-5-1 and one on the year. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. They're in sole possession. They have five of their last eight at home. It's to the point now where it'd be a pretty big upset for them not to win the division and really the only way they don't win the division is if Carolina goes into the Superdome and wins a game because Atlanta's not competing, Tampa's not competing, and that's the only way they're really going to have a chance. I don't think it's happening. S- it's start over. the start the parade now. It's over. Start the parade. We're going to have a home game in New Orleans in January. <laughs> yeah, we're celebrating. Dan's not celebrating. Missed this pick, but... uh We'll still send it back to him for the rest of a great show. All right, so Thursday night is in the books. Now we look ahead to Sunday, and a great Sunday. And if we're going to start talking about the games of Sunday, we have to start with, and I don't know the number. I'm going to throw a guess out there, Manning-Brady 74, 
I think it's 16. 16. That was my second guess. Or 17. One of them. Uh, The great, iconic battle between two of the greatest quarterbacks, not just of their generation, but any generation. And, Wes, you kind of hit on it a little bit on Wednesday when we were talking about who we'd like to see in the playoffs. I said I'd love to see Pat's Broncos again because you love this matchup. We don't know how many more we get. But that's what we've been saying for like five years. It is 16 times, by the way. But like back in 2010, 2011, I think there was a big there was a big one on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football, and I remember thinking, oh, we might not get this again. And that was 2010. And here they are, not only playing again, but the two of the hottest quarterbacks in the league on the two, top two teams in the conference. In five years, a wistful Greg Rosenthal will be sitting around <laughs> looking up YouTube clips of Manning versus Brady saying, I wish we could no, no, still watch that. You're right. I love it. And Gillette Stadium will be half empty. It'll be a very sad time in New England. <laughs> the Garoppolo era. Uh, yeah, so this is the matchup. The Broncos are heading to Foxborough to play the Patriots. This is a 425 kickoff a, on CBS. So this is the game of the week, unquestionably. Um, I'm interested uh, on how you guys take this game because we split in our picks. I think Greg and I both took the Patriots. Wes, you, Patrick, and Mark all took the Broncos. But this, to me, more than games in recent memory with the Patriots and Broncos, feels, feels like a total coin flip to me. I feel like the Broncos are the best team in football, and I don't know if anybody's close. But I, what I love about this matchup is, once again, Peyton Manning's going to take a lot more weapons into the game than Tom Brady. And once again, Brady's going to be sitting there at the end of the game, putting the team on his back along with Gronk, and they're going to be right there, and it's going to be a close game. I just think the Broncos' defense is the big factor in this game. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, Manning's got more weapons, and he also has a much easier matchup. You know, since Gerard Mayo left and Chandler Jones is out, they're not stopping the run anymore, and they're – rank against the pass is at the top of the league. They haven't played any good quarterbacks all season. They've had a lucky run of tomato cans of opposing quarterback. Jay Cutler is the best quarterback that they've faced <laughs> all year. So I just, I think the secondary is better. I think Brandon Browner is, is starting to make a difference for this team. You have Darrell Reeves. It's not an easy matchup for Peyton Manning, uh, but they just haven't played anyone of this caliber. And, and if- Ronnie Hillman's on fire. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they are getting gashed in the run. Their defensive tackles, other than Wilfork, are, are a big weakness. And this is a vitally important game. It's an important game for both teams, obviously. But for the Patriots, they're one game uh, in the loss column behind the Broncos. If the Broncos win this game, move to 7-1, and one, the Patriots would fall to 6-3. and three. If they finish tied at the end of the season, obviously the Broncos get the tiebreaker, and that takes you to the AFC Championship game if both teams advance. And that, to me, is the difference maker if that game's at Mile High Stadium. So, however, if New England wins the game, all of a sudden they're tied in the loss column. They got the tiebreaker. They they got the tiebreaker. If it's played at Foxborough in January, I feel like I could easily just think the Patriots win that game. This is a massive, massive, huge game before Halloween or just after Halloween. I don't see it quite that way. Even if the Patriots win this game, I still see the the Broncos winning more games the rest of the year and getting home field advantage. That, that's fair, but if Denver wins, it they're so good that it honestly feels like, all right, the AFC West is probably over, and the AFC, it would be a shocker if they're not the one seed. So if, if for any chance for there to be a race, New England's got to win this game. And you mentioned you know they're only one game up in the loss column over New England. I mean, New England's only one game up on the Bills and Dolphins. It's not. I'm not handing this Looks division. Like I'm not handing this division oh, to them so right away. You're saying we should Come root on. for the pa- for the Patriots 
just so the rest of the season isn't anticlimactic. Well, you, should, you should be like Dan. You know, his Jets have fallen apart, and so he's he's jumping onto a winning side. He's well, going with the Patriots. Dan has yet no. to pick a Patriots game wrong this year. Is that, that correct? That is amazing. That is correct. I am 8 0 in Patriots related matters. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I feel, uh, I feel confident with this team. I got, a, I got my finger on the pulse. How weird is it that if you came up with. Ten storylines for this game. You don't even get to Wes Welker returning to Foxborough as That's one refreshing. of the, the top ten. Mm. But you know, very refreshing. You know why it is? Because Wes Welker is about the eighth receiver on the Broncos. What's happened to yeah. Wes Welker? Them letting go of Wes Welker. People killed him for it, and it was a huge mistake to sign Danny Amendola, I believe. But I don't know if I can really kill them for letting Welker go. Well, he would have been better in this office, in the yeah. Patriots office. Sure. He's just a spare part there because I'm looking at their numbers right now. Great balance between Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Each have 47 catches, averaging uh, over 13 yards of reception, 10 touchdowns combined. Julius Thomas is obviously uh, one of the best tight ends in the league. So Welker is really just uh, an extravagance for them. Well, I think part of it is that all the concussions, and he's not – the player he used to be. I mean, what is he, 33, 34 now? I don't think he's the player that he was. I mean, that's kind of what the Patriots were getting at late in his career. You know, he's not there. The two tackles on their team that they thought were going to be pillars of this franchise for a while, Nate Solder and Sebastian Vollmer, have had pretty erratic years, especially Solder. And now they got to go up against your boy, mm. Von Miller and DeMarcus. There's just so many challenges. I, it's hard for me to see this as a coin flip game. I, I see the Broncos as pretty big favorites, even though, by rule, I pick the Patriots every week. If the Patriots can rest on <laughs> one matter. thing. I have not picked against them love, in four years. By the way, great job covering yourself there, Greg. You cannot be <laughs> wrong. Either the Patriots win and Greg picked them, or, well, you know, I'm a loyal guy. Patriots have one thing Stupid going to for pick them, against but... your own team when Tom Brady's a quarterback. Yeah, Brady at home is the best quarterback in history. That's fair. His, his win percentage at home is better than anyone's ever, and it's not close. And we only have to look to last year to find – a matchup where a uh, vastly superior Broncos team still lost in Foxborough. All right, listen, football heads. we got to move <laughs> on to the rest of the game. I know this is an exciting game, but we got to keep rolling. Football heads. <laughs> so let's do it. If let's... anyone has a football head, it's probably Wes of the group. Are you speaking physically? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's shaped like a football. It's a nice so... head. <laughs> and since he doesn't have hair, you can see that he has a nicely shaped head. I'm just you – know. I have laces in the back. <laughs> He's a hideous monster. All right, so let's move. <laughs> look away. Let's, let's look uh, to Monday night. Great Monday night game. Uh, at least a game that on paper looks like it could be very uh, entertaining and close. The Indianapolis Colts go to the Meadowlands to face the New York Giants. The Giants are 3-4, and four, I believe, but they are, they're playing pretty well on, on balance this season uh, after that slow start. I, I, think, I think the Colts, meanwhile, are a team I haven't quite figured out. You guys are higher on the Colts than I am right now. Especially on the road, I don't quite trust them, but they do have the best young quarterback in football. The Giants have Eli Manning, who has been, quite frankly, surprising how efficient he's been in this new offense in New York. He's coming off a great game. I thought he played almost flawless in Dallas. He was the probably the best thing about them in that game, and I think you're right. Eli Manning's playing well enough to beat a Colts team that had zero pass rush in Pittsburgh, and you just wonder, is this defense the same away from Indianapolis. Avante Davis is going to play. That's that's, that's a big, big. and he's a part of their pass rush because they blitz more when he's in there. Mm. And they had been the, among the best pass rushing teams in the NFL for the month leading up to that game. It's so weird though because that Steelers game and they weren't exactly going up against the, you know, early 90s Cowboys there. It wasn't just 
you know, they didn't have a good pass rush. It was a total absence of pass rush on 49 passes. I mean, the Steelers just dominated them the whole game, and it just got me thinking, like, are they not good on grass? Can they not travel? I, I don't know. This game's going to tell me a lot about the Colts. One thing on the Colts side that's interesting to me, uh, Reggie Wayne was out last week. I believe he's out again this week, correct? He is expected to be out, but we probably won't know until until Monday night. We well, definitely don't know now. Hakeem Nix, this is his big return uh, to face the Giants. We thought he was going to be potentially a really nice pickup for the Colts. Uh, he started last week, was invisible, had one catch on six targets. And, Wes, someone stepped up. I believe he might be someone you're a fan of. Dante Moncrief had uh, seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Andrew Luck like thrown to him. So it looks like Moncrief has moved past Knicks, and that is the, a new uh, connection in Indy. It had to happen. Dante Moncrief can play, and Akeem Nix's legs are gone. They just what happened? He's twenty six years old or something. How many different leg injuries can you have before Plus your the foot? Before you, All right, and the foot, foot is a tricky thing. Thigh, ankle. He had something with his calf for a while. We should call up that guy that's on our NFL fantasy show, the doctor that doesn't treat the people, but they, he knows things about them. <laughs> we should call him and ask about. Uh, Hakeem Nicks. No. Right, okay. It'd be cool. He'd maybe take a skeleton foot and examine that. Or a better <laughs> idea would just ask, let's, let's just ask Mark Sessler to assess it from afar. <laughs> before, before we move on from this game, I do want to bring up something that came up this week, a, a kind of anti-Andrew Luck article that was on the MMQB Ouch. by uh, Greg Bedard, who I, I'm a big fan of. I am a big fan of Greg as well. But I know it riled you I up. I like Greg too. <laughs> it did. It no, br- I met it him at a burger me. place at the Super Bowl. And That's right. We nice did. Guy. Times Square. A very talented what, uh, uh, journalist. I what like was it. that place? It was like a, a, a Shake Shack? Or I think it was burger? a Shake Shack in Times Square. That's right. Go on. Sorry. It rankled me, and I sort of blame you for this. You started this little cottage industry of analysts who take Andrew Luck outside of the other 31 quarterbacks and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell people that it. he's not as great as everyone thinks he is. Mm. He's actually flawed. He's not perfect. Everyone's flawed. Right. You're flawed. But nobody writes I'm articles flawed. saying nobody writes articles saying, you know what, Drew Brees really isn't as good this year as everyone thinks he is. He's not great. Look, it's laughable. That's to say not Andrew, what we were saying. I was saying he is less consistent damn, than those than those high level quarterbacks. He makes Which more unforced errors and mistakes and missed throws than those other quarterbacks. It's a fact. He also Who's makes more spectacular the NFL plays. in every offensive stat practically. The Colts. Who's their quarterback? <laughs> I mean, to me, it's laughable that you would say he's not great. I don't know how. I, I, it see, it I gets to be a that. semantics argument, but of course he's great. This is. The- I, I agree with you. I wasn't saying he wasn't great. I'm. I look. He's. We do the quarterback rankings every week. He's fourth in the league. What more do you want, buddy? All I'm saying is that that first half of the Steelers game was everything you needed to know about Andrew Luck. He missed. Open throws on the first two drives on third down to end the drives. He throws a pick six. Then he makes six unbelievably play, unbelievable plays the rest of the half. You can't take him down on a sack when Jason Worlds has a clean shot at him, when Timmons has a clean shot. He's, like, indestructible. And then he has a great two-minute drive. And at the end of the half, you got 20 points. So that's everything that Andrew Luck is. But Breeze and those other guys, maybe not Breeze, but they're not making those early mistakes to put him in the hole. And they're also not making the throws Andrew Luck's yeah. making to take him out of the hole. This Sorry, is, we got is, way off track. No, this is the part of the show when, when you guys fight or you debate, 
and Sessler's here, we make eye contact like two young children that <laughs> their parents are f- fighting and the marriage is crumbling. And, and we share a moment where we feel in our safe tree together. <laughs> and that time I was just alone in the room and you guys just firing away Sorry, at each buddy. other. I just like, like a, when you it's fight. It's all love. It's like a tornado coming through town and you had to go to the basement alone. I know. We're so like a, you know, there like a couple that kind of gets off on yelling at each other. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Hey, whoa. All right. So anyway, uh, how do we pick this game? Uh, I think we all took the Colts. We Is did. Correct? Yeah. yeah I, I was one of those. I marked New York and I changed my mind. I, I would have had Coward. a hero pick. No, but I, I believe in it. I believe the Colts. We have hero picks and coward picks. Greg. I'm sorry <laughs> where you fall on this one. All right, moving on. So it is that time of the show. Let's get into the picks. As we were just we were just talking about hero picks and, and unfortunately coward picks, Greg, that uh, every week there's picks where we're all on one side of the game except for one of us. And that person stands alone getting behind a team that they believe will win against all odds. We call this Defend Your Hero. Defend your hero. Jeez. <laughs> Handsome Hank, a little aggressive there. Thanks, TD, no, by the way. Have we even talked to TD yet in this show? Hey, what's going on, guys? I don't How think so. Hey, TD. What's happening? You guys, you, attention. you guys are too, you guys are too, uh, getting too into it. I was, I was worried. And intense? W- yes. And while that was happening, I was IMing TD saying, we need to get some Bunsen burner blowtorch. <laughs> he's like, hey, fellas, listen, I don't like to use that element in the video part of the podcast. I'm like, come on, man. Way to pull back the curtain, man. But I, yeah. I'm pulling back the curtain because we need some Bunsen burner blowtorch. Agreed, agreed. we got to work them in. Yeah. You know, video and audio, it's two different mediums. By oh, the way, God. clearly, if you're listening to this, you can check out the video of those last two game previews on NFL.com slash podcast. Ooh, yeah, and NF- do they throw them on NFL Now, too? Yes, we all NFL, NFL Now. NFL Now, wow, what a platform <laughs> with uh, all sorts of content. Uh, NFL Now, NFL NFL teams your way how you want it i want it now i for one have been thoroughly enjoying nfl now this week you found i found some great stuff i from want Nate the whole Burleson thing yes from bucky brooks and our friend of the podcast yes dj well my friend of the podcast not, yeah not well i you know what he's he's a nice guy i will i will give him that i saw nate burleson in the uh the commissary here we call it the huddle was he wearing handcuffs on his jeans handcuffed jean belt uh, or were they actual handcuffs? There was. It looked like fake handcuffs. Maybe he's like the security guard on the campus here. We don't <laughs> even know. Uh, anyway, what were we talking? Oh yeah, this is the defend your hero segment. As Henry uh, Handsome Hank let us know. Uh, so let's get into it, and we'll start with Chris Wessling has two hero picks today, including one. We might as well start with this one. We touched on it a little bit on Wednesday's show. To me, it felt like a suicide hero <laughs> pick. Uh, for a guy in desperation mode, he takes the New York Jets, losers of seven straight, uh, inter- tons of internal strife and uh, criticism around the team. Michael Vick moving into the starting quarterback role, fresh off his four-fumble interception performance in relief of Geno Smith. West thinks with their backs against the wall, wall, with everybody in the world against them, the Jets upset the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Chris Wessling, defender here. I have any stats to back this up. I'm going the Sessler route here. Look, I'm going with my <laughs> instincts. I, as I explained on the last podcast, when everybody, all the football cognizetti are on one side Ooh, of the ledger. Wow. I have think, never said that word in my life. I've read it. That's impressive. 
Woo! When everybody thinks they have it figured out. There's the sound drops. There's oh. unanimous agreement in America and throughout the world that the Jets are such a hot mess dumpster fire. They can't do anything right. That's usually the week when they win. Not just the Jets, but any team. To Except me, for week seven against right, the Patriots. Greg pointed out some <laughs> how bad Vic has been playing. The fumbles are awful. Turnovers. I don't know if I expect him to do that every game. I thought he moved the ball a little bit. They got Percy Harvin and Eric Decker and Ivory. They actually have some weapons in New York's offense for the first time in years. I think Kansas City's an average team, maybe ripe for the picking. They're oh usually. Oh my gosh, what is going on here? They're in a close game every week, aren't they? Uh, Wes, what am I holding in my hands right now? I don't know. It is the 2014 season week nine research notes that you love so much. So I got a robotic. great note. I do think you guys will like this, you the football heads that you are. Uh, Alex Smith. Has You're the host of a football <laughs> podcast. Why you are you seeing it as an insult? Okay. That's a compliment. Okay. Well, you are too. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. You're, you're not at space. your guys' level. You guys are true <laughs> football heads. Alex Smith has not thrown a touchdown pass greater than five yards this season in the air. Uh, of 38 QBs with at least 30 such pass attempts, Smith is the only one without a TD greater than five air yards. Let me ask you. interesting. Has he thrown any pass over five yards? <laughs> I know, and they still get it done <laughs> He's somehow. He's got nine touchdowns on the season. You, you're crazy. This would be the biggest upset of any hero pick or prediction this year, according to the numbers, if you're into mm. that sort of thing. This, there's a reason why sometimes everyone agrees on something. It's because it's obvious, and it's going to happen. It's like no one took uh, the Raiders or – sorry, who's in Seattle this week uh, – the Raiders in Seattle, no one's taking that game because it'd be crazy to do so. The Chiefs are a really good team. Average. If not for the Jets, all of our picks would be way better. I don't know what you did, Dan, mm. to dirty the mm. water that we all have been picking the Jets. We picked them against the Bears. We picked them against the Bills. This has been one of the worst teams consistently in the league. We you know There's no reason to believe in them. Because you guys are way too nice to Dan. Same way with the Wesley and the Browns. You guys are so nice sometimes. Mm, you know, you don't want to look Dan in the face and be like, you know, Gino is I'm not, not good. nice about <laughs> it. I, I kind of disagree with that. I will flame the Jets. Well, Wesley keeps Gini's it real. point makes no sense. We, no, had a week, we had a week one lunch proposition where Mark said the Jets will have a, a winning record, and I was the only yeah. one that took it. No, that's the that's true insane. reason. The true is reason insane. is we all – got on board with the Jets after week one. Why? I don't know why we did, because <laughs> even that week one game, was, they did not play well, and they barely beat the Raiders at home. But we all were, we were all pumped up to the fact, going back to the sandwich propositions, I laid out a proposition, will Michael Vick start a game mm. this year? Will Geno Smith start 16 games? And nobody took me up on it, because everyone <laughs> thought Geno was going to start wow. 16 games. We're it, idiots. I don't know. That, to me, <laughs> we just had a complete brain fart with this team. But anyway, uh, yeah. What, what were you saying? I do want to say one thing on this on this uh, Chiefs team. They play great team defense. The the old Jets coordinator, Bob Ooh. Sutton. Ooh, a little Sutton. Sutty. I call Jet, him. Jet, Jets on Jets crime here going on. <laughs> and you know what? One player keeps st- standing out to me. This guy Josh Waga. Watch the inside him linebacker? on the Chiefs. He kind of replaced Derek Johnson. I don't know. He seems to be flying around every week. Maybe I'm crazy. I think you might be watch crazy. watch a little Josh Muaga on All Sunday. Right. You're watching this game, and I and watch if Michael Vick bombs, which could happen. Um, I wonder what the Jets do if they keep going to him because they have no reason to go to him because they're one and seven. 
They, he's not the quarterback of the future. It makes more sense for, for, to me for Matt Sims to be involved or go what? back to Geno than have no, Michael you gotta, Vick starting uh, you gotta, games. You, you go play back, Michael Vick. You go back Why? to Geno in a week or two. Don't because you want to evaluate? Geno's a, a head case. You can't put a head but case in there. Vick's – Vic's been just as bad, and I think you go back to Gino in a week or two. And also, the Jets fans, uh, proposition. I, we are in the same boat, Jets fans, where you're now we're almost rooting for losses because you want that draft pick. But maybe we shouldn't because we're gonna, probably going to blow the first-round pick anyway. I say Vic mind. starts at least the next four games. Hmm. Hmm. I would take Go that. get my lunch. Uh, I will take you up on that. How yeah, that? I a would sandwich. Too. I, would. I will uh, only do it with Wes, though. Well, I'm taking. Oh, you're up. taking. Oh, I yeah. see. I got. Oh, you don't in. think he'll last four either. Add ah, that to the ah, ledger, ah. Mr. Twitter fellow who runs the Go Get My Lunch account. Ah, very good. Very I don't. Easy. I don't think he'll last two or three, but I'll take the four. All right. Well, a lot's riding on me being right about this game, which I feel very confident about. <laughs> By the way, Chiefs, despite all the great points you made about me being an idiot. And we should give the we we have talked about the Chiefs a little, but just if the Chiefs take care of business at home, they're five and three at the midway point and in pretty good shape. So a big win for the Chiefs. They got to take care of business. Now we move on to Wes's second hero pick. And by the way, I we talked about my hero pick, and since this, uh, just pull back the curtain, can't travel through time at this very moment. I took the Panthers. Over the Saints, I don't. Maybe people were listening to this and they're being like, "Wow, Dan, you did it again." You don't even I'm know. Sure, they're really locked into yeah. that. I can't. People man. are really Woo. hanging on your hero standing. Ow, Dan, you're so awesome. Uh, but so that was my hero pick, and now Wes is your second hero pick. The Miami Dolphins. This mm. is now. This is a good hero pick. I'm in on this one. We all took the Chargers uh, on the road. Who they've lost two straight. This is the, of course, the team of around the NFL. So there was a level of loyalty to sticking with them and not thinking they're going to lose three in a row. Uh, we believe they're a better team. However, Wes, you think Miami at home, also you know, a team that's had some moments, been playing better, you think they're going to take care of business at home against the Chargers? I just picked the Dolphins to stick it to the team of ATL. Oh, what? <laughs> you know Don't what? be like that. You are I Look, outrageous. I watched the Steelers last week, who I wanted to be the team of ATL, and it was the most excited <laughs> oh, I've been about a game. It was the most exciting game I've watched in a couple of years, and it really just hurt my feelings that <laughs> I turned my back. You can root for them. It's Do what you want. It's my fault for turning, the back, turning my back on the team that I knew was more exciting. Yeah, but it was never going to work because Sessler would never endorse that as a tortured Browns fan. So you just had to – you didn't pick the right team. You had to strategize it's, this I'm thing. I'm punishing myself for just going along with it instead of – Putting my foot down. I was. We were all proud of you when you did go along with the Chargers, but now you're saying that was a mistake. No, well, I, it might I, have been I a mistake. That. I hasn't exactly would, worked out. You would. <laughs> I would on. have the you're reputation okay. as the guy who just takes it too seriously and really <laughs> holds things up and is kind of too obstinate. And I don't want to be that guy. I I picked the. You know, we picked the Chargers in part because I do think they're greater than the sum of their parts, and that's part of the reason I took them this week. Because there's a lot of reasons to not take them. I think this is a very even matchup. If you look at the Football Outsiders numbers. Chargers are ninth. Dolphins are tenth. I think the Dolphins are an underrated team right now that are really good on defense and they can run the ball. It's a pretty good combination there. And the Chargers are probably going to be without uh, Verrett in this game, Jason Verrett. Brandon Flowers might be back from a concussion. They still don't have Ryan Matthews. This is a banged-up Chargers team. They don't have Manti Teo. It's going to be tough to move the ball against the Dolphins. I lied. I did consult football outsiders numbers before I made this pick. And that was a big reason. Mm. It wasn't just because I wanted to stick it to the team of ATL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And as you said, Greg, when you were pretending like there's an AFC East race, 
if the <laughs> Dolphins did win, they're five and three. They're in the mix too. This is a sneaky big game in the AFC race, AFC playoff mm, race, because especially for the Dolphins, if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, it's actually both these teams have very challenging schedules the rest of the way. But if the Dolphins lose this home one to another contender, it's kind of hard to see that path to the playoffs. I think the Chargers, though, they've got something in them that's exciting. That's a playoff type of team, and that's what's going to show up in Miami. They have something in them, all right, but it's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> which which Ryan Tannehill shows up? He's kind of turned Good into question. he's kind of turned into the you know people say the bad Eli, good Eli. It, it's kind of the bad Tannehill, good Tannehill. You never know what's going to show up after halftime, before halftime, anything. There's one quarterback in the league who's even more Jekyll and Hyde than that. We'll get to him later. Uh, That's Wes, called a tease. That is a nice tease. Wes, how can you go against the team that has this song behind them? San Diego, San Diego, Ooh. I can picture like a 14-year-old Wes in a discotheque somewhere outside mm. Cincinnati. Look, I ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> I was like four when that song came out. <laughs> I imagine a, a discotheque outside Cincinnati. I don't think disco era ever made it to Cincinnati. <laughs> like Mark. Well, was it the disco demolition night in Cleveland? Yeah, but that's Cleveland's four hours away. That's that's totally. Different. And they also they burned down a stadium almost because they hated disco so much. So that was Mike. That was Mike Vec, who was uh, who was mm. blackballed from baseball after that. But Mark Twain said about Cincinnati, when the end of the world comes, that's where I want to be because they won't find out about it for another 15 years. <laughs> Shots fired by Mark Twain? By Mark Twain, yes. Uh, all right, moving on to the final hero pick. You, I didn't get the chance to answer your oh, question, yeah. how could I pick against the team with that song? Oh, yeah. If we had played that on this podcast before, I'd feel much better about the Chargers because it's obviously a great song. Yeah. Mm. It's jaunty. Go. It is a little bit jaunty, I would say that. And, uh, yes, one night – very late, a Twitter user uh, sent me a link to that song, and I fired it off to TD in the middle of the night, and he responded immediately. Well, actually, it was like three weeks later. He's like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> but he's got it, and it's in, and it just went out of podcast. Uh, final, uh, our final hero pick is Greg Rosenthal, who uh, really is, you know, he's, he's trying to move up the hero pick rankings, and he's got the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Had uh, one last week. By the way, uh, you did have one last week. I believe that gives you three on the year. Uh, Wes, you have one. you got to get it way up that list. I, of course, I'm seven out of 13, as we know. Anybody that's been following us closely. What uh, about on the road, indoors? <laughs> I am actually three and three, surprisingly, in that scenario. Um, <laughs> you and knew it, that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Greg, you, we all took the Steelers, and I, I'll tell you why I took the Steelers, because they are in their building. They're, they're playing well, and Ben Roethlisberger – who is a Hall of Fame quarterback at the apex of his powers coming off one of the greatest games ever. I just can't pick against that guy. Not What not is this, right defend now. your non-hero? I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm telling you why, and I feel like a lot of people probably are in the same boat. This is not the time to bet against Ben Roethlisberger, but you do. You think the Ravens come, bounce back from that tough loss uh, on last week against the Bengals, and they take down the Steelers. Defend that hero. People always overreact to last week. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger having a great season, one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. The Ravens have been a better team for the first eight Fair. weeks of the season, seven weeks of the season. I, I think this is a Super Bowl contender in Baltimore, and I think it's a balanced team. It's a problem that Jimmy Smith is going to be out this week. They're going to have to score a lot of points, but top to bottom, I, I just see this Steelers team as one that you can't trust, that's going to make mental errors, make 
mistakes in the red zone, and they had one big flashy game, and it seems like the type of team that's going to blow it the next week after that. If I cared about hero picks to the extent that Dan does, <laughs> I'd be really miffed that you got a hero pick on this. Like you said, the, the Ravens are the better team. See? Look at that. But here's <laughs> where, right. Wes is with me. Here's where we fall through on the tees. Well, Joe Flacco is the most Jekyll and Hyde quarterback in mm, the NFL. And their five fair. wins, he's been awesome. And their five losses, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Three losses, yeah. Three losses, yes. Yeah, that's totally fair. It'd be that you so, – you, don't really know, and it's weird because sometimes it's decision-making, sometimes just bad throws. Exactly, and you don't know which one will show up, so it's hard to predict this game. I don't like the Steelers' defense in general, and I do have a little you know, memory of the, these two teams playing just a few weeks ago in primetime. I guess that was, what, week two, and Baltimore dominated that game. Mm. They won the game going away by the end. You're right, it was even for a little while. There were a Flacco couple had a plays nice game. early in that game where if they go differently, I think the Steelers take control of the game. I guess when I see James Harrison, you know, playing a, a big role Two for sacks this. last week. Playing a big role for this team and Brett Kiesel. And there's just something I'm not buying about this defense. And from our research notes, these te- these two quarterbacks have faced off 11 times. That's second only to Brady and Manning in terms of head-to-head matchups. Seven wins for Roethlisberger against Flacco or the Steelers over the Ravens. So interesting, interesting game. I look forward to watching it. So do I. Because it's the Steelers. Yes. <laughs> you are in on the Steelers. All right, let's roll through these games. Uh, because really, I mean, we're, we're up against it in time a little bit. We got to start rolling. We'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, against those Cincinnati Bengals, who are at home, where obviously they are a much better team. The Jaguars have one win. Uh, this is a game where the Bengals are going to be heavy favorites. Wes, can you make a case for the Jaguars? I cannot. I hmm. after I got done watching Game Seven of the World Series last night, I turned on. Some high-octane Jaguars film, (laughs) and the word I would use for Blake Bortles right now is alarming. Hmm. He has regressed in almost every way possible. His mechanics are off. His decision-making's off. I I don't like what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, but when you watched that game, didn't you think, hey, they outplayed the Dolphins other than Bortles? Bortles was the problem last week. They stuffed Miami uh, in the passing game, got great pressure, the running game with Denard Robinson is amazingly working pretty well. I, I actually watched that game, and I thought, I think I think the Jaguars can be frisky. This is a tough spot going to Cincinnati, but I, I think they can slow down Cincinnati. Everything you said I agree with. I, I, the rest of the team really controlled that, that game. Allen Robinson looks good, rookie wide receiver. They've got faster linebackers. Now, Telvin Smith is playing the middle, and JT Thomas, they were all over the field last Ooh, week. JT Thomas and Telvin Smith on the podcast. <laughs> Senderic Marks looks like the August version of Senderic Marks, who won Greg's Mythical Defensive Player of the Preseason Award. <laughs> well, it was, I think it was a preseason week one award, but yeah. <laughs> wow, that is you, you low watched, stakes. You watched Bortles last week. It was, yeah. it was it grim. It was not good. And, but you expect that type of stuff from a rookie yeah, But it was wild. I, it would, was, yeah. I wasn't expecting In Bortles' defense, the Dolphins did not believe for one minute in, in the Jaguars' play action. Every time they did play action, the Dolphins' defense was right in Bortles' face. Mm. And that's with Denard Robinson running 100 in back-to-back games. Yeah, he's an interesting guy to watch. The other guy to watch, A.J. Green, is coming back from his toe injury. Uh, so we'll see how he's moving if he get through the game. Wes, I got a bit of a sleeper call. Next July, when you're putting together your wide receiver duos, how about A.J. Green, Mohamed Sanu? 
Somewhere Throw Marvin Jones eight. in there. Oh, we get, Marvin's got to prove it now after all these yeah. injuries. You got to well, give it to Sanu right now. Yeah. He won that game for them last week. He's won a couple of games for them. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Tampa Bay – we all picked, obviously, uh, the team that was better than the other team. Uh, the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers uh, move on to a matchup with the Cleveland Browns. If Mark was here, there would be some hand-wringing on Mark's behalf. Did Mark pick the Browns this week? Yeah, we all picked the Browns. All right, good for you, Mark. Um the Browns are uh, coming off and not a very pretty win over the Raiders, but they got the job done. The Buccaneers are having some type of fire sale. Uh, just traded their first-round pick, Mark Barron, uh, in 2012. So this is a game where the Browns, again, have a nice, uh, cozy schedule this, it's been for them so far this season. Should take care of business against the Bucks. correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. The Bucks are just wretched. I, I have come around to Wes's view that the Bucks are the worst team in the NFL. Mm. I would definitely take the Raiders over them on a neutral field. I'd take the Jaguars. At least those teams have something going for them. I don't know what the Bucks have going for them other than two good defensive players. Uh, they have replaced the two Raiders as, as my whipping boy. And <laughs> you know what? I don't feel bad about it because their uniforms are offensive and I can't even watch Ooh. them. They're that bad. They're hideous and they need to get rid of them right now because they're awful. There will be a some type of list, a listicle, Greg, you might be on it on NFL Network uh, where they do a <laughs> countdown of top ten worst uniforms. Mark my words, about 2023 or so when they do, like, worst uniforms and worst moments of the 2010s, this uniform will be like a whole segment mm. where they make fun of it because it is gruesome. You know what happens then? What? Damashek pops open a champagne bottle, and Dwayne Munn is shamed for defending these uniforms in an off-season <laughs> article. Do you know, does, does the audience know who Dwayne Munn is? Greg? No, our social media coordinator. <laughs> you always probably do that. a better, a better title than right. manager, boss, czar, whatever he is. He is a Come social on, media player. <laughs> he defended those uniforms in print. If if Mark was here, <laughs> that's right. You know, Mark was forecasting doom last week against Oakland. After rewatching that game, I mean, I think he he has a point that this team is maybe ripe to totally fall apart. They were lucky to win that game. Oakland was really controlling the ball until D- uh, Darren McFadden fumble. And Hoyer, he he's so scattershot. I, I do worry about this team a little bit long term. Did we? Um, They're not built to have Hoyer in the passing game carry them. Their defense needs to be so much better. Did we roll out our bold predictions post for midseason? That will be up on Friday. Okay, so just a, a spoiler alert. I threw out the Browns as a playoff team. With Manziel replacing Hoyer at some point uh, and guiding them to nine wins and into the back door of the the, the sixth seed. You want to get bold? We'll get bold, baby. (laughs) Anyway, that's that game. Uh, Moving on, the Philadelphia Eagles head to Houston to face the Houston Texans who – Wes, we were talking about this downstairs. I have a a post I'm going to be working on after this show about teams we're going to stick a fork in. And we'll talk about that next week on the podcast. And, and you were vouching to get rid of the Titans. Fork them. However, they're 4-4. Four and four. The Texans, you mean. Excuse me, the Texans. I don't even know who the Titans is. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you said get rid of the Texans. I, I disagree because I think they played very competitively all season long. And maybe they get a little hot. Who knows what happens. Arian Foster's playing great. J.J. Watt's the best defensive player on earth. Don't want write to write him off yet. But you say get rid of them. And you think the Eagles take care of business today on Sunday? Forkham, they're four and four because they've played the easiest schedule in history. I mean, come on, they every week they play a different cream puff. Well, they still get two more games against Jacksonville and a home game against the Titans. So 
if you could just, and I know it's not easy, but if you could take care of business in those games, you're to seven wins already. I'm not sure they're better than those teams. They're better. They beat them. They, well, they beat the Titans. They just crushed them. Jacksonville's playing much better defense now than they were early in the season. I don't know. I, I can't. I know that you want me to think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is decent, but <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I don't think he's decent. I think he's been a little better than you would expect. He hasn't been a total disaster. Who has been better this year? If you just looked at the Do stats, Hoyer or Fitzpatrick, you would say Hoyer has been leaps and bounds better. But to me, they've been about the same. I Wait, thought you, you thought gonna I was going to go bold. I thought you were going to go Fitzpatrick or Foles. I would go Foles, but ba- Foles. I, I would say Foles is better, but, but, but by barely. Um, a couple things about the Eagles. LaShawn McCoy, very quietly up now to 3.7 yards per carry. Look for him to be, you know, up to his old ways by the end of the season. And Nick Foles, he's the guy, again, you got to keep an eye on him in this game. Uh, he's going to have J.J. Watt breathing down his, his neck all game. You know, he's a guy that's been throwing up footballs all season. If there's an upset here, it's because probably Nick Foles makes some terrible decisions under pressure. Also because you mentioned mm. these two names. The Texans have the best two players in the field in Arian Foster and J.J. Watt. Foster's just playing lights out. Well, Sean McCoy's like, what? Ben. Sorry. Play better. Mm. Tasty. All right, moving forward. We all took the Eagles. We all took the Eagles. Moving forward, the Washington Redskins head to Minnesota to face the Vikings. The big storyline, of course. It looks like Robert Griffin III will be the starter, almost certainly barring some type of setback in practice uh, before Sunday's game. Uh, RG3 back in the lineup first time since week two. What can we expect from him? I mean, to me, I feel like we're heading towards a scenario, and this is why I took the Vikings – uh, that even with him back, I get the feeling that he's going to be very rusty and the offense won't be moving well. Well, I took the Redskins, and when I learned that RG3 is definitely going to start, I didn't feel any better about that pick <laughs> in general. I just took them because I, I think they have so many offensive weapons, and they're starting to figure some things out on defense. They're, that game plan against Dallas was great, and I have very little faith in Teddy Bridgewater right mm. now. I just think he's he's thinking too much he's seems a little rattled they're blitzing him constantly and right not reacting and, the, and the Redskins showed that there could be a good team to do that oh that's a good call I agree with everything Greg said yes Tony Romo did not react well to the blitz on Monday night he was I don't know if maybe he wasn't in the right headspace after getting like a three-foot needle put in the back of his back but he didn't see any <laughs> well, of even Redskins before that yeah coming. is that logistically possible to put a three-foot needle in a back <laughs> it was a potentially <laughs> deadly uh, medical decision by the Cowboys staff. It was reckless. <laughs> Just kidding. You guys did a great job. He's healthy. Um, Zach, by the way, behind the glass. Now, TD took off for a meeting. What's up, Zach? How's hey, it going, Zach? guys? Wow, the, the rare mid-show uh, replacement. Brought in the reliever. Unprecedented. You're going like like, to go be we- like Colt go- McCoy coming in on Sunday to save the day for RG3. Absolutely. I was going to say it's a weird wife swap, but we're not. So <laughs> I prefer. <laughs> Zach, who you may remember, filled in over the summer a few shows um, and, you know, did a damn good job at it, I thought. Except for playing that one bad J-E-T-S when you were talking about Oh, uh, yeah, Ryan. that was bad. And but I will say this. Uh, one thing I like about uh, Zach's Twitter handle, when the, the bio that he has, a guy who likes pizza, tacos, and burgers. <laughs> my kind of guy. It's the only thing. <laughs> awesome. I think we all agree with those things. So you're our kind of guy. He cut from the same – Jib? Is that what it is? No, you like the cut of you, someone's jib. You like jib. the cut of someone's jib. <laughs> cut from the same cloth. 
Uh, cut from the same. There we go. And that <laughs> that reminds me of the late Thomas Menino, the former Boston mayor that passed away today, famous for his for his malappropriations. Mal- yes. How about that? Like, like, like Archie we're, Bunker. We're on fire with words today. <laughs> At least you guys are. Um, anyway, so how did we pick? Did we? Oh yeah, Mark and I picked the Vikings. And you gentlemen pick the Redskins. We'll see how that shakes out. I wouldn't mind if they do win some games there, though, just to see if they can fulfill this prophecy Mark had about that they'll stay in the outdoor stadium there and just skip the whole Super Bowl <laughs> indoor thing they <laughs> built incredible. because they keep winning. <laughs> that probably won't happen, but that would be kind of a big story, I feel like. Uh, NFC West matchup, the St. Louis Rams heading to San Francisco to face the 49ers. St. Louis at 2-5, and five, the Niners at Four and three. Uh, we all picked the Niners for, I guess, obvious reasons. I would, I would say the the bloom. We were talking about the bloom was coming off the Austin Davis Rose a little bit on Sunday. I kind of, I got a bit of a. I don't even want to give it Sessler because it doesn't deserve that much. Uh, but I kind of get a feeling that Davis could completely nosedive in this game and we get a blowout. Just got a feeling. I get the same feeling. Why this 49ers defense isn't that good? At least not yet. Not that healthy. I, I, I think they're about to take off. I think we're hitting that level. They, If you look at their schedule, compared to the Cardinals and the Seahawks, you got to like what San Francisco has coming down the stretch just looking at the schedule. It's still hard, but it's easier than those two. And they get their players back. Uh, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I was pretty down on the 49ers early, but I think overall they've weathered the storm enough early this season. Let's take a quick look at their schedule, why don't we? Uh, coming off their bye, they have St. Louis. Then they have at New Orleans. That'll be a tough game. New Orleans at Giants. Uh, then the Redskins, Seattle at home, uh, at Oakland. I mean, it's eh. it's challenging, but yeah, at least they they've gotten rid of one of their road uh, a couple of their road division games already, and they have a couple of their rivals coming in to San Francisco, and they're getting healthy. Your thoughts, Wes? I agree with both of you gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I think the 49ers make the playoffs, and I agree with Greg. They've weathered the storm. They've get they've got reinforcements coming, and I think I'm conditioned not to believe in Rams quarterbacks. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and they yeah. – I mean, they lose Brian Quick. It's bizarre that that's a pretty big – Their in- leading receiver. Uh, it's, it's a big injury for them. They had a – you know, they lose Jake Long, so now they have a new left tackle. I mean, they've had – you can look at Robinson. It. They've had such bad luck that there's almost no way they can fire Jeff Fisher. It almost works out well for him. Brian Quick, by the way, on pace for a little over 800 yards, so it's not like he was tearing the football <laughs> right. world apart. As a Jets fan, I'm also thinking maybe I want Austin Davis to kind of do just enough where the Rams don't think they need to address their quarterback situation uh, come April. How that's, about Aaron Donald, though? They might have a, a defensive rookie of the year candidate in Aaron Donald now. He's that's been true. great. Uh, okay, the Oakland Raiders. We went over their schedule on on Sunday or Wednesday. I can't remember anymore. But w- there are not a lot of easy wins on the schedule, and certainly uh, Sunday does not count as one of them. They go to Seattle, and uh, I I wish I could be like Al Michaels and talk about how much uh, the Raiders are expected to lose by. I won't I won't do that. But I imagine this is <laughs> going to be a game where if Seattle doesn't win by you know three touchdowns, it's going to be considered a surprise. Correct. Yes, but this Raiders team is one of the most watchable, winless teams in NFL history. Chris Wesley's <laughs> jumped off killing the Raiders because he'll admit it. 
The Raiders. That's what you want to are... be, by the way, the most watchable, winless team. <laughs> hey, they, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Wes will admit that, the balls. that they're with Derek Carr especially and, and Cleo Mack on the other side, there's, there's something about this Raiders team that's not altogether unpleasant. They're about the 25th most watchable team in the NFL right Ooh, now. Oh, I disagree. Tasty. See, I like Derek Carr. I don't know. He, I'm kind of – I'm starting to like Derek Four. Carr. I think they might have found something with him. For as decent as Derek Carr has been, all right, he's done pretty well. They, aren't they last in the NFL in points? Hey. It's not translating, don't hurry it's not translating into score. Before you get – Greg, before you get Tony Sperano, <laughs> coach of the year – uh, they have been better with leading him. this ragtag bunch to zero wins. <laughs> Remember that the Browns basically tried to hand the Raiders their first one of the season on Sunday, yeah, and they fair. wouldn't take it. The Browns are like, "We're the Browns. You're not going to take a gift from the Browns." That's fair. I mean, they're not playing that well. They're not playing that well, but I kind of like Andre Holmes. Darren McFadden's running the ball pretty well. Every time they give Maurice Jones drew the ball is a waste of time. He's going to be out of the league next I year. Thought the same I can't thing. believe I it. Watching them, I just thought, why are you wasting time? I guess it's because you don't want McFadden to get hurt, which makes sense. But they should just, whoever their third running back is, who is Latavius, Mur- Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray, just give him the ball instead. All right, moving on to a game, uh, a game where it's split within the around the NFL ranks. The Arizona Cardinals traveling to Arlington to face the Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals, of course, 6-1. and one. They find ways to win every week. Larry Fitzgerald, this was interesting. Larry Fitzgerald is uh, one of Wes's boys. He loves Larry. Uh, He's Wes, unstable. Also, Wes, also a San Antonio Spurs fan. A lot of people don't know that. Larry hmm. Fitzgerald on Thursday or on Wednesday said that the Cardinals are like the NFL's version of the San Antonio Spurs because <laughs> they're scrappy. They're just scrappy boys. When I read that, it kind of what I took from that was that Larry Fitzgerald – don't send him out of Arizona for 2015 just yet. Seems like he's on board Bruce Arians. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. I took at it that he doesn't pay that close attention to the NBA <laughs> yeah, or something. Exactly. The Spurs uh, have like 17 <laughs> titles in the last 31 years. The, I, don't, I don't know if the Cardinals can claim that same level of success. I don't know if that's really what he was going yeah, for. I know. I know. They, they do get a little bit uh, ignored like the Spurs have over the years. I mean, here they are. By record, this is – probably the best game of the season, basically. Right? Yeah. I mean, you got a 6-2 and two team versus 7-1. It's the same as the Patriots-Broncos. And here it is buried behind, you know, some lousy well, games on our yeah. show. We should give it the proper well, respect. To, let's dive in I, and uh, analyze it. Go, you know, pe- by the go way. peddle that comparison somewhere else. By I'm the not way, buying it. You just, you, that was a subtle shot at me. It I spaced <laughs> it out on purpose <laughs> so we could have good games across the, uh, you take, you the take everything as a shot. So, that was not a shot. Back down that there, will boss. be remembered. Yes, that will be remembered. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and of course, Tony Romo is the big uh, guy to keep an eye on here. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. Do you give the Cowboys any chance of Brandon Whedon's a starter? Sure. I do. The Cardinals let the other team in every game. I weirdly do, in the same way that I gave the Cardinals a chance to win games with Drew Stanton. You know, I don't think Brandon Wheaton's as good a backup, but there are a lot of really strong, supportive pieces in Dallas, like the running game, like Des Bryant, like Jason Witten. Brandon Wheaton put up more points than Tony Romo did the other night, for what it's worth. It was mostly the running game, but I'm just saying the team did not fall apart when he was at quarterback. Both of these. They came back. Both of these defenses have lost a lot of talent to injuries, and in Dallas' case, to free agency. And the Cardinals keep playing better on defense. The Cowboys worry me. 
they lose Justin Durant, who had been – Rolando McLean got all the pub, but Durant was playing just as well as him, and McLean's missed a lot of tackles lately. I think that's a big loss. Yeah, I agree. And they they just don't – it's hard to win week after week without a pass rush, and they don't have a pass rush. I mean, who is their pass rush guy? Tyrone Crawford? I guess. And him and Melton, who's been okay – Melton, you know, from probably the, coming off his best game from the middle, but you really want someone on the outside. And when it's Jeremy Mincy and a shell of his former shelf, Anthony Spencer, who really hasn't shown up at all this year, it's just tough to win week after week. Mark, I took the Cardinals. Mark and I took the Cowboys. The rest of the group took the Cardinals. Uh, so that will be very interesting. I, I kind of have a feeling Des Bryant's going to have one of those Des games too. That would not surprise me. I don't. I don't feel good about very this. Very well right now. We got to give the Cardinals some love. I'm getting a lot of a, a lot of hatred on Twitter block that we're not giving hatred. enough. Just block them. You won't get any more hatred <laughs> to the <laughs> Cardinals. If you're getting hatred, you should block people. They have been a spunky team. This vituperative. Cardinals. Yes. Uh, all right. So that's it for Thursday's edition hmm. of the Around the NFL podcast. Unless I'm forgetting a game. You're making me worry that I forgot a game. Once we forgot a game and we didn't hear the end I know, of it. So now oh, I was nervous. thinking, didn't the Titans play this? But I guess they're on a bye. It doesn't, that doesn't count anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on Sunday to recap all these glorious games that we just went through. Uh, Zach, you did a great job behind the glass. Uh, any, well, a little early there. Listen, a little early. But let's try this again. Wait, was that a bit? I don't think it was. No, you jinxed me. That's I saw I mean. the, the, the terror in Zach's eyes. <laughs> hey, that's what we love about Zach. He's so conscientious. When I know. He, on the rare occasion when he does make a mistake, Zach keeps he it feels real. badly about it. He does. Unlike TD, who's just like Ivan Drago behind the glass. <laughs> <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's try this again. That's it. This is Dan Hansis. Let's get some music rolling. Yeah, that's Dan Hansis signing off uh, for the mailman and the boss, and, of course, TD and Zach Dressler. What's your uh, handle, by the way? Twitter handle. At Zachadocious. I'm not going to try to spell it. Figure (laughs) it out if you can. Uh, That's it. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.